Authentic Business Adventures, the business program that brings you the struggle stories and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. Downloadable audio episodes can be found in the podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. We're locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. If you're listening to this on the web, be sure to think of your comment, hit that big old like button, and of course, subscribe. Today, we're welcoming slash preparing to learn from Chris Hanna, the owner of Hire For Me Incorporated. That's four with the number four. And I got to say, Chris, I'm excited to talk to you because in my meeting with my manager today, she tells me, hey, we got some employees that aren't doing so hot. And I imagine that's a common thing for business owners to hear. Yes. And I'm like, oh, great. We get to go on this hiring spree again. So that's, well, maybe not spree, but we get to hire a couple people. So, yay. So tell me, let's just start with what is hire for me and we will just go from there. Well, thanks for first having me on the show. Uh, hire for me is really about how I, I came up with this business idea. I was talking with a lot of business owners and they were all saying that they're frustrated. They're absolutely miserable because they're doing everything in their, in their own business. They're the chief everyone officer wearing every single hat, sales, marketing ops, IT, finance, you name it, right? And they're like, I wish someone could hire for me because I would give them advice, but they kept saying, I wish someone could hire for me. So I'm driving back from an event and I'm like, I can solve this problem. I can actually go out and I can hire for these small business owners, these solopreneurs and make their life easier because some people, they just don't have the experience of having hired or trained or really led a team before, but over 20 years across a variety of industries have hired, led and promoted over 500 people. So I was like, why don't I just use that skill and that talent in a different way All right. and, and create a business around it. So you, you started this and tell me ideal client, just describe who, the, who is this? Who's coming to you? Well, most of the people that I'm supporting are those true solopreneurs. They're the people who are actually already successful. I seem to attract a lot of people who are like in real estate, um, yeah. but they're people who are looking for like customer service, admin, marketing, salespeople. Uh, they are doing everything that on their own. They're typically a few years into their business. I'd say like between two to five years uh, they're in their business, but they've gotten to the point where they know that they need to hire. They need to scale All right. because they just, they don't want to do it anymore by themselves. Or they're losing business because they can't actually fulfill as quick as they possibly could. All right. So do they, is it as easy as someone coming to you and they're like, Hey, Chris, I have XYZ business. I'm let's just say I'm a plumber. I need another plumber. I can come to you and you'll wave your magic wand and stuff. And then, so those are the only roles that I won't do. I, I don't do trades. I, oh, gotcha. Okay. That's, that's definitely not my lane. Right. Um, but I will hire any of those other roles that I can definitely hire virtually as mm. much as possible. Whereas like trades are a little bit more tougher to do. Right. But like sure. I will post for the role. I will write it all up. I will poach for the role. I believe in going and hunting for talent. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't just like post and pray, but like hunt <laughs> for talent, promote for the role. And then I interview them. And I assess them. And as part of my process, I ask for a video from every application as well. Oh, nice. Okay. Right. Because I don't believe in cover letters. I think cover letters are dead. So why don't you get a video? <laughs> which is always such a unique thing to ask a video from someone because then you get to see more about who they are. Uh, you get to understand how they communicate, even their creativity level as well. It doesn't have to be super creative, but a video shows so much information. So I, I use it as part of my process. All right. So you, so let's just say a real estate broker comes to you and they're like, Hey, we need a few real estate agents. You can find them. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So I, I sit down and I, I really ask a lot of great questions. And I think it's the poker player in me, but like I ask a lot of questions to really understand their business, to understand 
who they are as a person, because I'm trying to find someone that's going to fit for them in their leadership style, because every single person is different, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm finding out about who I'm hiring for, the business itself, understanding the role, because I'm as hands-off as possible. Like you talk to a client that I've worked with, they're like, they basically have the intake call with me. And then a couple of weeks later, I bring them a, a source of, here's a couple of candidates to take a look at. Let's have an interview together. Like right. they're hands off the entire time. So they can just it, more it or less done for you. It. All right. Until you show up and say, Hey, I said, Here, here's, here's two candidates. Let's, let's survive. choose who you think is best. It's All those right. people who like, who obviously don't want to be part of that process or they, they're just busy doing other stuff. Like I'll trust you, Chris run with it, hire for me. And then we'll get them into the, in the door. What I right. added in that helps though, is onboarding support as well, because it's one mm-hmm. thing to hire. It's another thing to actually to retain your people. So you got to train them. All retention. You know, it's interesting because I'm looking at the the market, the employee market, where it was definitely an employee market or employee driven market the past few years safely. Uh, Now, I don't know what your take is, but I feel like it's starting to shift a little bit to the employer side. I guess. Tell me where you're seeing that. Yeah, it's it is shifting to the employer side, right? Like. There's so many companies that have gone through restructuring, needing to let folks go. You've got, you know, layoffs, terminations across all different sectors. Obviously, there's a lot of people who are used to working remotely because of what happened over the last few years. But then those privileges are kind of getting pulled back because employers know they're holding some of the power, which is the unfortunate thing. So this is for for this reason, I'm a big believer in that, like, there's an entrepreneurial revolution that's coming where more people are going to get fed up as employees and say, I'm going to go create my own stuff because I don't want to go back into this old school world and thought process that exists. Do you, so I can appreciate that the concern or maybe not concern. Cause I guess in the end, I really don't care. It's not mine. <laughs> I feel like there are a lot of employees that are good or good enough employees that I can also see them having the mentality that I can go off and do it on my own. I've even had employees go off or an employee that went off and screw James, the man, I'm going to go off on my own. And then lo and behold, even, I mean, we're talking five, six years ago, she went off on her own. She's still struggling. Yeah. She would have been way better off either staying with me or just finding another job, working for another competitor of ours. She's just not, not a good business owner. Yeah. So it's interesting because people are like, I can always start on my own. I know how to do this better. And that's not necessarily the case because I feel like there's a difference. I know there's a difference between having a skill set in whatever trade service you do and then being a good entrepreneur, knowing the business world. But I also think that there's this element where some people just want to ultimately try. And sometimes they would rather struggle than do a job where they're miserable in than, and then try and like try. They'd rather struggle on their own, do 80, 100 hours on their own job than do 40 hours for somebody else. Sure. So I get that mentality. Of, of why they would try and do it. Hell, I went away from being a CEO, you know, six-figure salary to go and start my own business. Yeah, I mean, both of us started our own thing. I imagine the majority of people listening to this have started their own thing. So I'm not saying it's a bad idea. What yeah. I am saying is that I don't believe that it is a great move for everyone. That's right. Not everyone can be a, an entrepreneur or a business owner. Yeah, if you're Some people like, are really good as a number two, and that's okay. Or as a partner mm-hmm. or just being an employee. Or, and it's funny because from my point of view, I'm like, you weren't that great of an employee. So 
where, where did you practice? <laughs> where did you learn your skill set? You've been practicing being kind of subpar for a while. You know, if you were top of the heap or something like that, then have at her, man. Your skills will take you pretty far until your lack of salesmanship can catch up with you. Yeah. But it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I've seen a lot of people start businesses that were just not prepared because they did not have, they didn't know. And myself included, when I initially started my business, I didn't know all the stuff about business that I was supposed to know. And most people don't know. Yeah, right, right, right. And, but there's also, there's a mentality where just like, I got to figure this out. And there's others where just like, I don't have time to figure it out. Well, like either you got to figure it out or you got to go work for someone. Those are your two options. Yeah. Like when the lottery. Like in, in 2018, I had, I was in the corporate world and I had decided that like, I wanted to kind of start to create some side hustles for myself. And I really wanted to create like a speaking business. I didn't right. know how to do that. Right. But I, I love speaking. I love being on stages and I wanted to kind of go and start to kind of make some money on the side doing this. I had no idea how to do it, but I was kind of like, I was half in half out, like trying to protect this myself in the corporate world while trying to do this other stuff. And like, I am so glad that, you know, over time that I decided I'm not going to stick it out in working for someone else. I'm going to just remove the safety net because it forces you then to take action. Because mm-hmm. if you have that security of a salary behind you, you sometimes you're not going to really push as much as you probably could or should. Fair, fair. There is comfort in complacency, right? Right. Or vice versa, I suppose. So tell me, what was the trigger for you to go off on your own? Honestly, like it's it sounds really simple to say, but like for me, it was fulfillment. Like I, I, even I was as a CEO of, of a real estate education company, I just didn't feel fulfilled. Even right. though I was at the top of the company and I was, you know, successful, I just wasn't happy. And I started doing some, some consulting on the side and I'm, I'm literally, I'm walking with my wife along the Detroit river. I live here in Windsor, Ontario, Canada, and we're walking along the river. And, uh, she says to me, you're not really happy as a CEO. She's like, you are happy though, consulting. And you're happy doing work that's truly your own and your own vision. Like, what if you just went all in on it? Like, because on my wedding ring, it's all in. And I was married in Vegas, same with my wife. Like, we believe in this all in thing. She's like, what if you went all in on that? All in on the thing. She goes, it could be tough. She goes, but maybe that's the right thing. So you're actually going to be happier. So to me, it was fulfillment. That's what really pushed me. Interesting. That is smart just to even realize that. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people that just don't even know that that's a thing. Well, and I felt like even though I, I'm the CEO of the company, I'm getting more and more stressed out by some situations. I'm getting more frustrated, but I'm also just not really fully in it. I just, I, cause I had, I always wanted something more and I don't want to live a life of regrets. That's why I wanted to do the speaking thing back you know, a number of years ago, because I'm like, I wanted to get up on stage and go to all these conferences and I'd see people speak. And I'm like, I can do that, but I never put myself out there. And then I had a realization. I'm like, I don't want to live a life of regrets. I want to live life on my terms. So it's been a year plus, something like that. So since I fully have gone all in on my own, it's been obviously, it's been a number of months since I did this because um, I was, I ran higher for me at the same time as being also the CEO of the real estate education company okay. and doing consulting all throughout. So like I've been basically side hustles for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then about the last six months or so, just been totally on my own now, completely saying, giving up the salary, see you later. All right. Really being on my own. So scale one to 10 fulfillment, one being, I feel like I live in a burning dumpster and 10 being, Nirvana has been found where you at. 
uh, I feel so much more fulfilled. Like I'm definitely like a seven or eight. I think I could be better in the sense that there are challenges of still trying to, you know, really go out on your own. Like the hardest part of trying to build out your own business, in my opinion, is still on that marketing side to put yourself out there to ultimately like find you connect with the right people, crafting your message, trying to, you know, niche it down, getting beyond just referral based business. That is the hardest part. Right. But I feel so much more fulfilled. I've got more energy now than I've ever had. All right. So you feel like a weight has been released and you can do what you want to do. It absolutely. As soon as I was, I was done like that next day, I felt a change in myself. And then I gave myself actually a few weeks, actually a couple of months off where I just actually like went on vacations, you know, had kind of enjoyed life a little bit. Um, Cause I was just kind of go, go, go for years. And then I'm like, now I'm going to design life the way I want to live it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the important part. And then my wife also went all in. She's going back to school to be an interior designer now. So oh, it's wow. like, okay. It's like we decided as a family, we're doing this all in thing on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when you told your, I don't, who did you have to tell a board when you're CEO, owner. Who do you tell? owner of the company? Okay. You said, Hey, funny story. Uh, I'm going off on my own. Did he know that you had your, or I assume it's a, he, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's a, she, yeah. whoever it was. Did they know that you had a side hustle of this going on? Yeah, I, I disclosed it. I uh, I said, like, I was going to create this business and because I thought it could help and thought it was, you know, a great business idea. Um, but uh, yeah, I was I was fully transparent on it and, you know, said, I think that like I, I kind of started like to prep it leading up to the big conversation to say, I think it's time for me to move on and add right. on myself a little bit. Was, was there was any, pushback, it was awkward any challenges ever. where they said, like, oh, come on, what are you doing? You crazy? Uh, some of that. Yeah, absolutely. Right. There was some of that or like, Hey, you know, how do we transition this in the right way? How can we make this work? And I'm like, I'm happy to like help it, like elongate the process to like set everything out. Cause I'm not, I don't want to leave on like bad terms, mm -hmm. but like, I ultimately just need to do it for myself and, and for my own kind of health. And I clearly came in from that perspective and he's like, that's what you got to do. That's what you got to do. Like, I think disappointed, right? Sure. Like, I think there's this feeling, especially if you have a CEO owner situation, like your partners in mm -hmm. a lot of ways, like you're, you're then you're, I, I, I was the number two, essentially then walking away. That is a hard thing to take. Yeah. How long were you number two in that business? Uh, for uh, two years. Okay. And did they, were you with them before and you kind of climbed the ladder more or less? No. So I had been in a corporate IT manager role before, uh, and then that came to an end. Um, and then I had the opportunity to write. I was just like, I was looking for like, just see what else is out there. A VP of operations role came up with this company. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to apply just for the fun of it and see what kind of happens. I apply, go through the process. They actually did video interviewing as well. Like submit a video beforehand. And I was like, you know what? This is seems like something I can actually come in and maybe be successful at before I knew it. Six months later, he's like, hey, can you take on just being CEO of the company? So he was CEO. Just, out. It's just nonchalant. Hey, when you get a chance, pick me up a coffee and be CEO of my company. Can you take 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 on CEO of the company? I'm like, I really wasn't planning on that because I think in the back of my mind, I still knew that I always wanted to do my own thing. Oh, I still had that, but else. I'm like, you know what? I, I think I could learn a lot. Like it was tough. I, I, it's kind of a crazy story to think about. Like I was in nine and a half years kind of in this IT corporate world, but I was only a manager level. And right. I went from manager level to that coming to an end to then going to VP of operations, then to CEO with like short time span. So people in my network are like, 
Oh, wow. How did, how did you go from, from being stuck to then now running a multi-million dollar company? And it's like, mm-hmm. Somehow worked out. <laughs> <laughs> and still, even through all that, you just weren't fulfilled. So you're like, all right, time to shift gears again. Yeah. Like I've done a lot of personality assessments over the course of my career and every single assessment is always the same thing. It talks about how independent I am. Mm. And I never really like thought too much into it, but I'm like, as I started to reflect and look back on the journey, like I'll be 40 next year. I sit there and I think about like over the last 20 years, I've have been fired twice throughout my career. And I think part of that is because I've been so entrepreneurial Mm. where I drew kind of beat to my own drum a little bit. And I maybe, and this is going to sound like maybe, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but this is controversial to say, maybe I'm unemployable. Maybe well, the right I think thing for me a lot to of do, us are. Right? And <laughs> I think that's right what there. it is. Yeah. I yeah. think people who have those tendencies can't really work for someone else. So I think that's where the lack of fulfillment came from. Fair. Totally fair. There is, you know, it's interesting because I imagine at that CEO position, you're probably making a decent salary, but you knew that there was a ceiling of some kind. Right. Like, they're just not going to be like, hey, Chris, funny story. We're giving you a raise. It's $10 trillion or whatever. There's just, there is a ceiling of some kind because there's a practicality of what they can make and your value and all that kind of stuff. Where when you're an entrepreneur, at least uh, in theory, there is no ceiling because if ever there is one, you can just adapt and pivot what you do to try to create one where there's not. Well, and to me, like, I think I care so much about time more than even money. Like I would rather, like I've, I've, I've gotten paid quite well at different parts throughout my career, but been miserable. I would rather take the instability of money to have my time to be able to do what I want. Oh, it's fair. Interesting. I value that way more than anything else. I have a buddy (laughs) that's uh, in jail and I just met with him a couple weeks ago, something like that. And uh, he's a uh, little brother with big brothers, big sisters. So I must have messed up. Anyways, um, I'm talking to him and I'm like, dude, you're a young kid and you have something that just about everybody around you, maybe not around you in the building, but around you nationwide, arguably worldwide, is hunting for. We're striving for it. And that is time. Yeah. Time to do whatever you want. And granted, He's still in prison. So what he can do is limited. Right. But I'm like, I got a pile of 30 books that I'd love to read. Yep. But it's just, uh, it's not in the cards, right? I'm, I'm nibbling at it. But I'm like, you got nothing but time. So you can just immerse yourself in all that. And I get that you want to have the freedom to be like, you know what? Today I'm going to read a book. Uh, maybe I'm just going to garden, whatever. And in prison, it's a little bit more <laughs> um, finite what you can do, but still I'm like, don't waste this. This is valuable so you can figure out where you want your life to go when you get out all that jazz. Yeah. It was very interesting because we as entrepreneurs, as employees, we are very good at building our own prisons, figurative, but definitely confined by that time in that space, whatever. And I mean, he's in a real one, but it was interesting just to compare them. Yeah. Too many similarities. I I think that like you can obviously create your own prison, obviously with what you do. Like I'm a person who like, I really don't like structure. Like I hate structure so much. I hate being feeling like I'm boxed in. Ah. So 
this world that, that I'm living in now, or like that I've be, kind of become, it's like, it's given me the flexibility. It's like, if I want to work at different times of the day, I will based on my energy cycle. I'm a big believer in that. Like work on the things where you work best. Like I pump out a ton of video and content. I love doing that. I know certain days of that I'm going to do that. So, because that's the time where I'm going to maximize that to be as most productive as possible. So I'm constantly just trying to figure out how can I just not work all the time, but work on the things that matter most when it makes sense. But also if I need to take a break, I need to go for a walk, whatever, for an hour, I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm going to do whatever. I need that flexibility as opposed to being in a corporate world where it's like, you're trapped there, 8.30 to 5 o'clock or whatever it is. Like, I didn't want that anymore. And I, I couldn't handle that. Mm, interesting. So tell me a story about why you chose this business versus something in the real estate or any other bit, right? Open up an ice cream shop. I don't know, whatever. I think part of it is because I had hired so many people throughout my career. Like when I go back to when I was in university, my job in university was a career advisor. I would literally help people with like the resumes, interview techniques across the board. So then I was in the car rental business after that. I was in car rental for four and a half years. Oh, wow. I worked my way into, you know, the, the branch manager kind of level, right? And I'm hiring lots of people. And then when I was in IT, I'm hiring people. And I'm just constantly found I was like this almost talent scout. And then when people were asking for advice and I was doing consulting and some mentorship and coaching, people were like asking for advice as entrepreneurs. I was like, well, I can solve that problem. I'm like, isn't that what every business is about? Solving a problem? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, that's one problem that I can solve. And then now I still do consulting. So I'm consulting with business owners and I call it like an all in deep dive where I'm like, that also can relate back to that core process of hiring. Right. And like all the businesses that I kind of have or the income streams that I have are tied in a way that it's all connected back to helping entrepreneurs in a way gain time back. Because I've, I had this like realization that like the person that I'm trying to help is who I was a few years ago. Hmm. So I can then share the insights and knowledge that I've gained. And that's what I kind of looked at. That's what made me want to create the businesses. We're like, I had to go through some challenging hires where I hired the wrong people or I made some mistakes or, you know, I didn't hire and I was burnt out. So I think it's just, it's learning from your own personal experiences in addition to seeing that there's a problem that you can solve. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You say that hiring some bad people. I had a conversation with an employee two days ago. And I remember thinking to myself, she's a moron. And then I remember thinking right after that, well, you hired her. <laughs> so it's one of those like, ah, oh, where did I go wrong? Kind of thing. Every single like problem that happens in a business, the leaders really kind of need to look at themselves. We might have oh, yeah. brought in the Every wrong day. person. Mm-hmm. We maybe miscast them. Maybe they're just in the wrong role. I think that happens quite a bit. Maybe we didn't give them the instructions that they need the right way. We didn't maybe have the one-on-ones and the, and the right conversation. Every problem is a communication problem, but it's like most problems actually start with leaders. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I started doing the speaking business side, I was talking about leadership and the employee experience and the leadership experience because I saw that was the big gap. And I'd always be the one pointing my finger at myself. It's like, I was a really, really terrible leader early on in my career. Mm. I made a lot of mistakes. And therefore, I'm trying to share some of those along the way. Sure. That's how you learn. That is totally how you The only learn. way to do it is, is to like share it with other people and also get advice. That's why I think the mentorship and relationship is so critical and important. Mm-hmm. So tell me when somebody comes to you 
a business owner comes to you and they're like, Hey, we got to hire a person or we got to hire a couple people. How do you know what a good fit is for that business? Well, I have to first understand the leader themselves, what they're all about, how they communicate, how they operate. I need to understand the business. So it's obviously taking a look and, and doing some more research, but I'm asking for a lot of you know, support, some feedback, even using looking at some of their core processes to understand some of that. But it's like those intake calls that I have with somebody, it's like 30 to 45 minutes. Like they're really quick that I can I can understand somebody's business quite easily. Because again, I think it's the poker player in me. I ask questions, I'm reading, looking for tells. I'm like I'm trying to understand them. I, I think that's one of my superpowers. I was told this earlier today is I can ask really, really good questions to understand right. well, someone's yeah. business. Sure. That's a huge deal. Very huge deal. Yeah. Has and if been... I don't know, I can't, I'm not going to assume. Right. But sure. like, I need to understand what the role is that they're really trying to go after. And I give them advice too, because a lot of people try and create what I call a unicorn role, where they basically take every skill set possible and everything that they want done and squish into one role. I'm like, no, no, let's, let's really understand what, what are your true needs? How do we pull this out? And I talk about the must-have criteria. Like, what are the three to five things that you absolutely want this role to have? And then we see if it makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because we, I remember seeing a post on, I think it was LinkedIn. uh, And somebody said something like, if you are an employer and you're asking for a ninja, rock star, unicorn, or any of those things, um, I forget what they said, just stop or something of that nature. Yeah, And I, as an employer, was just like, mm, we're not going to hunt for mediocre. I'm going to hunt for a unicorn, and I may be accepting, at that time, of a goat with a rolled up piece of paper taped on their head. Right. Because at that time, finding an employee that could breathe was tough. Right. That's coming around. But it's interesting <laughs> that somebody that was not an employer was getting angry that I suppose in all the job positions they were looking at said ninja or rock star or unicorn. Well, those are the worst terms to kind of put it. Like I've got some posts and content on that as well. Like when you try and ask for like a ninja, a Jedi, whatever, you're not going to get the right candidates because people are looking for like the right search term to actually mm-hmm. apply for jobs. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going to have no idea as a candidate, like what is that job even all about? So like, if it's a marketing role, well, then, you know, call like a marketing coordinator and be really specific about what it is. But don't say you're looking for a marketing Jedi. All right. <laughs> what does that mean? Really good with fluorescent light sword. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's funny because I call my crew. Um, well, I guess there's ninjas and rock stars. And, not ninjas. I'm sorry, not ninjas. Unicorns and rock stars. And uh, then there's others. B team. I guess, but sometimes B team has a role, yeah. uh, but I don't think that I actually put that in my job ads. I don't, I mean, that would be weird. I think. And it is weird that people do it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I see it a ton, but and it's interesting. I guess from my point of view, when I saw that post, I guess I didn't look at it specifically as this is the nomenclature of your job ad. I took it as you as an employer looking for that. Just your desire is to find someone that perfectly fits this role. And I'm like, yeah, what should we look for? Someone that half fits the role? Then you're well, going to find someone that fits a quarter of the role. It's kind of interesting. Like if, if you went to your staff and asked them, how do they introduce themselves to other people that they meet? Like if they go out for a dinner or a party or something, how do they introduce themselves with what their job is? Because like I've done this with staff before too, where like I've said, 
hey, how do you how do you tell so and so about about what you do? And some of them said, well, I actually really struggle with it. I was like, oh, well, that's on me that I've created a role Great. that makes maybe no sense. Great question. Yeah, very good question. I should ask my crew that because I don't even know. I do and know what, that they talk about it a fair amount. As far as I know, it's in a positive light. But but you might be surprised depending on the relationship that you have with them, right? Because sometimes work, because I've used some of those other terms like rock stars or whatever before too. And then realizing as I really talk to my my, my team in their one-on-ones, I'm like, like, yeah, I don't try and call myself that externally or I don't, I try and downplay that or I just kind of like, I just go with the flow with it because a lot of people also just kind of like, kind of almost roll their eyes on some of that, right? So mm-hmm. like, I was like, how do you introduce yourself to someone else? That question really opens up a lot of conversations that can like help you understand and change your culture and your team potentially too. Yeah. You answer. might think the role is something, but they actually think it's something else. You know, it's interesting you say that because we had, when we first started, we had business cards for everyone, which yeah. is kind of weird because they're, I mean, with the call answering service, there's not a whole lot of people that they're handing business cards out to. Yeah. But it's just one of those, like, every employee needs a business card. Right. And I didn't know what to put for the title. So we were just having fun. We did voicemail Vixen. We did answer Angel. We just, and like, I was king of the ring. We nice. had... Everybody just, yeah, it was just playful stuff on the telephone thing. Yeah. Right. And it was, I don't want to say meaningless, but even when I have to fill out forms and they're like, what's your title? I still put King of the Ring. And I've had people that are just like, I don't even know what that is. Yeah. Like, well, what is the title? Title to me is meaningless. But I remember hiring the salesperson and she was so adamant about being, I'm an account executive. And she was like, she was mad. Because I got her these business cards, whatever, and they, whatever they said, I don't even remember. Dial tone diva. I don't know, whatever. To me, it was something that would trigger a conversation because someone would look at the card and they're like, oh, he, he, that's funny. Right. The ice is broken. Let's chat a little bit. She wanted to count executive, which to me, I was like, that's got to be just about the worst thing that you can put on the card. Because anytime somebody sees that, they're like, no, I don't need to talk to you. A dial tone diva, I'm kind of curious enough to talk to you, but account executive. But it was so interesting how she wanted that title on her business card. So I ended up getting her new business cards. Yeah. Like, I think people underestimate how important that title might be for someone. Um, I've had lots of those conversations, too, before. where like, oh, someone wants to be a senior something or like a director versus just a senior manager or whatever. Right. I think one of the things, like, as I hear what you say there, it makes me think about the importance of finding the right people for your culture that actually are going to be, you know, that are cool with be called, you know, a, a dial diva or whatever. Right. Like I think finding the right people is so critical that like, yeah, they would embrace that. Whereas somebody else would be like, Nope, I'm not going to be that. I'm going to be account executive. That's it. That's all you're going to address me as it can show maybe, maybe if there's a mismatch, I'm not saying there wasn't your case, but like, Oh, there totally was. She didn't last oh, a month. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> she didn't I think that's sell anything. Things. So yeah, <laughs> maybe we should have just called her. Lazy. I don't know. (laughs) That title would have looked weird on the business card. But at any rate, no, she was not a good fit at all. Yeah. Not a good fit. So in the end, we were just trying to have fun because I feel like people take themselves way too seriously. Totally. In her case, to an extreme. But yeah, life goes on. (laughs) Now I have to ask you this question, just like because I just I'm so curious. When you had King of the Ring, was because there's a wrestling influence there or no? Uh boxing a little bit. Yep. Yeah, but it was more, yeah, I mean, I guess I get into that and all that jazz. 
but it's it was more i don't i had a very hard time finding a male title okay like I had dial tone diva we had answer angel we had voicemail vixen i don't know why it was so much easier to come up with female ones yeah um and it's funny because we as a crew back then I remember we were doing brainstorming, trying to come up with these names and stuff like that. Just have fun with it yeah. and email signatures and stuff like that. And we get a lot of people that are like, oh, that's pretty cool. Right. Because in the end, it's meaningless. Yeah. It's just it's pure fun, pure fun, because all we're doing is answering phones and growing businesses. Right. Like, yeah, it's not something as simple as vice president of phone answering or something like right. that. Well, nowadays, now you can just brainstorm using like chat GPT or some AI to help you come up with. All yeah, that right. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But King of the Ring has been, man, I've had that for 12 years. Wow. So it's funny because now I'll see people in networking events. I'll be like, King of the Ring. <laughs> I think branding yourself is is important as part of the entrepreneurial journey, like as a yeah. business owner, as oh, yeah. a leader, too. Yeah, it is. the. It also reminds me, uh, I guess, self-reflection thing that there's no one above in the business. That means if there's a problem and it gets to me, I have to solve it. There's no one that I can pass it off to. Like it's gone through the filters of my employees and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, you're the top, which means that you get to deal with all the less than great stuff. Right. Totally. So, yay. But in the end, I mean, because I'm top, I get the power and experience to make it happen. So, it's uh yeah yeah and it's kind of fun and it's one of those it also helps because when you're filling out these forms and you know that form is going off on some mailing list where you're just going to get spammed and the marketers are going to do like i want to talk to every ceo every president they're not searching for king oh that's a great point wow i feel like maybe i've reduced Hmm. my spam by a solid two and a half percent by not entering CEO or president on stuff. So now it makes me rethink some stuff because when I first became CEO, I got so much spam. Oh my God. It was ridiculous. And I couldn't believe the amount of stuff that I was getting. Yeah. We hunt for that name when we're looking for people to look up. So, but like changing it to something King of the Ring or whatever, yeah. um, that reduces it. That makes so that, that, that just blew my mind. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, it's way more fun because in the end, when you're talking to people, I don't know how many bankers you've met where they're just like vice president of whatever. Right. And you're like, what? You're a teller. <laughs> you're yeah. just... So I feel like to me, it's also kind of tongue in cheek. Like the title doesn't mean squat. If you don't, if you what you're doing doesn't back it up. Yeah. I've had a ton of people that I know that work at very large companies, fortune 500 companies, and they wear that fortune 500 thing, like a badge. And to me as the entrepreneur, I'm like, you didn't start that. You passed an interview. That's as far as you got. Now you're wearing this. And in another couple of years, either you're going to quit or be laid off. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those, like that title doesn't mean anything, at least to me, maybe to other people, maybe to them it does. I think for some people it matters to them, but like, I think back to like when I used to go to tons of conferences and this is when I, I'd introduce myself and I'd be like, Oh, I'm a manager or whatever. Right. Or whatever the title will be. And then I had the realization I'm more than a title. Mm Mm-hmm you know what? Like I'm, I can be whatever. Like, so depending on the room that I go into, I'll introduce myself multiple different ways, right? Like I could talk about, you know, hire for me. I could talk about being a consultant. I could talk about my podcast. I call, I talk about being, you know, a poker player, like whatever it is, like we are more than just a single title. 
Yeah, fair. Tell me about the poker thing because you mentioned that a few times. So are you in the poker? It sounds like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I uh, for the last twenty years definitely played poker. I played a lot online uh, early on in like the heyday of two thousand three, two thousand four. Oh uh, yeah, helped, way back when. Put myself through university. Um, then I'd play off and on here and there. Uh, last year was my best year ever in terms of just poker. Uh, made more than I, you know, playing poker than I did as a CEO actually. Um, wow. But like, impressive. It, it was like, so I, I call myself a semi-professional gambler because I don't have the time to do it all the time. All right. But like, I, I absolutely just love the game. So like, I will go down, you know, to Vegas every couple of months and I'll go and I'll play in tournaments. I play tons online. I just find that suits me quite well. Like, you know, I can play multiple games at once, but it's a skill that I use in business all the time too. Like I will use poker skills definitely when I'm interviewing people, but like when I'm also training and I'm, or I'm putting on an event, I will have like a bit of a poker angle to it. Like as an example, like I was hosting an event, you know, a couple of months back and I knew I needed to get the audience to engage. Every time the audience then asked a question, I would give them a card. And I say the best five card poker hand at the end of my training session here is going to win some sort of prize. So then that got people to like, Oh, that's clever. But then also like to build in that interaction. So like, I want to give out all 52 cards. All right. I want to get that conversation happening. So just getting question, question, question. What's your favorite color? (laughs) And then people are like all trying to compete. Like, Oh, can I trade this card, this card, whatever. Right. Like whatever it's going to be, but like creating that interaction is important. So I find that the poker stuff, in just being like someone who just loves games just makes just resonates more with me and i just i i i, I want to have fun doing something and mm-hmm. i have fun doing that if i didn't have to work ever again that's what i would do all right tell me about the all in that phrase clearly a poker phrase yes i don't know if you've ever made a mistake going all in or i know i have <laughs> always yeah so tell me about where that came in because even on your wedding ring that's yes. getting serious here yeah. So I, again, poker has always been a big, huge part of my life. Going to Vegas quite a bit. Uh, got married in Vegas. Elvis walked us down the aisle. Um, <laughs> so we had that, you know, that traditional 10 minute kind of ceremony or whatever. And uh, we, we got when we bought our rings and we said, like, we're going to we're going to have something inscribed on them. And I said, we're all in like we're we're two people who are all in on each other and supporting one another. And that's just the lifestyle and mentality that I've just used. And I never realized until people started pointing it out that I used the phrase all in so much over the last 20 years. All right. When I got married six years ago, I was like, you know what? I think at this point I have to probably just embrace that. Um, that is the kind of the mentality. And my wife and I talk about it. Like we'll be all in on the business, whether it's your school or the stuff we're doing here. We just got to be having that mentality. You're not always going to win. Whatever no. you do, no. but you can't just kind of dabble and just be half in, half out. Yeah. One foot on the diving board doesn't work, right? Exactly. And I think having that mentality that resonates with a lot of people too. So like when I'm like coaching or consulting, you know, I think that helps people understand like, oh, I got to fully commit to something. Mm. You know it too. Like there's so many people who will like, will will take courses or they'll, they'll, they'll read something, but they don't take action. Well, I think thinking with that mentality of all in, well, you're actually going to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the dabbling leads to babbling, right? Great way to look at it. Exactly. Yeah. Interesting. Very cool. Uh, tell me since you've started your business and since you quit your, the being an employee thing, what have been some of the things that you've noticed that you didn't necessarily foresee? 
good or bad? Uh, good question, actually. I think that the thing that I didn't foresee was, I think, just the transition that I needed more time switching from being like full-time employee to being entrepreneur. Like that took me longer to like switch that almost that mindset. That was like harder for me to like to switch off. We're like, I'm used to having teams. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm building it out, especially completely on my own initially, it was like, well, now I'm kind of doing everything. That surprised me that I'm Not like, kind of <laughs> like, I used to be able to like, I'll just delegate to this person, this task, this or whatever. Right. And you're like, whoa, now it's all on me. That was, I think, a hard reality. Um, I then, well, it's kind of kind of goes back to the conversation I said about uh, kind of introducing yourself to people. In the early days, when I would introduce myself, like kind of doing the elevator pitch, mm-hmm. I started to realize, I'm like, oh, I don't have it fully refined. Oh, sure. And I was like, wow, that, because like, I remember going to an event and it was, it was actually just like a birthday kind of celebration. And I was a bunch of strangers and I'm like, introduce myself to people. And I introduced myself and I said kind of my spiel and the person's like, oh, that's great. And they just kind of walked off and I was like, oh, oh, okay. And then another person did. And I was like, I got to change my approach. I'm like, as much as I thought like, yeah, I'll just have people knocking on my door, like right away, like, you know, wanting to do business. It's not that easy. It is harder. And the little things about even just like how you phrase it to yourself and to other people is important. The other thing I think that's been also a challenge is that like there's some days where it can be hard and you're just like, I got no you know, energy or I don't want to do it. And sometimes like you just have to persevere and push through because mm-hmm. it is maybe sometimes all on you. Oh, yeah. So self-motivation, while like a good why can obviously help push that, it can be tough, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true. I've learned all that. I remember when I first started my business, the call answering service. I was like, this is incredible. Every small business owner needs this. I'm going to, as soon as I get that phone number, that phone is going to ring constantly. And then you get it and you're like, it's not ringing. (laughs) Right. What happened? And it's one of those things, like if you're the best in the world, but nobody knows that you exist, nobody cares that you're the best in the world. 100%. And I think that is the, probably the big lesson I think that I really learned, right? Is that like, I think that I, I, I believe that I have, you know, a product and service that can support a lot of people, but it's like, how do you still make sure you get it out to as many people as possible? Yeah. It's still that problem you're always trying to solve. Awareness is the name of the game. Because what is yeah. it like 8 billion people on the planet? Something like that. Yeah. So a there's lot. one Chris Hanna. So how do you, how do I get more people to know Chris Hanna? That right. is the hardest part. All right. And what have you done to solve that since you started? Well, I think I invested in coaching uh, to make sure that I'm helping from a content creation perspective. Mm-hmm. So then like, I can make sure that I'm showing up consistently. It's like, I love video. So I'm shooting a lot of video. I'm doing things like this, being on podcasts, mm-hmm. being introduced to other audiences, providing you know value, uh, going and networking, just like attending events just to get out and meet people too. Mm-hmm. We have been trapped here, at least where I live here in Canada, like trapped for a while for the last few years. So getting Yeah, out- my sister lives up there and it was, yeah. It's a very large prison. (laughs) Yeah. So like getting out and connecting with other people is critical, important, forming kind of those, you know, connections with just people who are not honestly part of the old network, I think has also been important too. Mm, Okay. Right. Because sometimes, and I don't know if you find this, but like, I found it really hard to talk to people who only had an employee mindset versus getting around other business owners 
sparks ideas and collaboration and stuff. Oh, yeah. So like starting to change out sounds terrible to change out some of your own network and your circle mm-hmm. is a shift that honestly, I think a lot of people don't realize the importance of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. You become who you hang out with. Right. So that's, yeah, I, yeah, I can definitely tell a difference. Um, when I talk with people, let's say my wife's a teacher, so she'll have some Christmas party or something like that. And when you, you go to this Christmas party and the teachers are off, complaining about students and administrators and all that kind of doing what teachers do right because they have to deal with some crap all day so they <laughs> get it off their shoulders uh and then the spouses are just in the corner trying to figure out what to do or it's interesting talking to people in that like we're forced to talk to each other yeah. which is fine but then you just gravitate and find someone that's on a journey similar to yours right. where i call it growth mode or they're just interested in advancing. It doesn't even necessarily have to be a business. Oh, totally. Just yeah. interested in improving something about themselves. And that conversation is way easier, way more fun than someone who's just like, I've been at the same business for 50 years. I'm going to die there. Probably not by choice. Yeah. They're going to find me at my desk five days later. Yeah. I think those like going through the motion kind of people, I guess, are, are really tough conversations. And I found that I had too many of those people that would kind of pull me back. And I think like, if I could go back in time, I'm telling Chris Hanna years ago to have done this, what I've just done now. Oh, like, interesting. Like I should not have like listened to so many people or be worried about the perception of others, like mm-hmm. what they think about me because it held me back from being fulfilled and happy mm-hmm. really like I should have just done this when I knew I wanted to do this as opposed to thinking everyone's going to give me advice that, you know, Oh, don't do it. Play it safe. Whatever. I was stuck around the wrong people. That's common though. Right. Cause I imagine to a point, some of those people, there's probably comfort in hanging out with them. Totally. Yeah. Been friends for whatever, you know, who knows, maybe you play poker with them and they lose a lot. So it's fun. I think the hard part was like trying to get the, like, make sure that the family understood like, you know, oh. mom and brothers and all that kind of stuff. Cause like they yeah. only know a certain thing. But then when I had the conversation with them and I, and I talk with them about business stuff now all the time, but like I had said to them that, you know, I, I think I've always been independent. And then my mom's the one who said it. And she's like, yes, Christopher, you've always <laughs> been uh, independent. You've always done your own thing. And you were always the kid who was running the garage sales and the entrepreneurial kid. It's like, you are meant for this. She goes, we just never really noticed it really included in until now it's been said. Interesting. I can remember my dad, um, a few years after I had started my first business, I started my first one in 2006. Um, I dropped out of college after going for four years. And I, and so this was years after that. And my dad's like, when are you going back to school? And I'm like, I don't need that piece of paper. I don't know that I ever did. I just didn't know what else to do when I got out of high school. So I was told that's the next step. And I was following other people's idea of what the best next step was. And like, I, I did that enough. I paid for it. Rock and roll. I don't need that piece of paper. And it was interesting because he was a first generation in his family to get a degree. And then I just put a, put the brakes in that. Right. And it wasn't, I didn't mean to be mean or anything. It was just one of those things. Like I got my, I got my business. I built it. I'm making money. I'm having fun. 
I got some freedoms that allow me to, to do what I want. So if I were to go back to college, I feel like I'd be going back into a prison. And if I get that piece of paper, then what do I do with it? Then I get to tell people that I got this piece of paper and I'm still going to be doing what I'm doing now. So I don't know that there was any advantage and that's an awfully expensive piece of paper. Well, and I think the reality is that like, sometimes it's only really to get maybe someone's first job. Like no one sits there and asks about my degree now, 20 years later. Right. The first job. Yeah. They asked where he went to school and whatever. After that, it's the experience that you have both in life and in business. No one cares about the piece of paper. No, I don't even, I know it's somewhere in this house. I don't know where the piece of paper is, but it's somewhere, (laughs) but like, it's just, it's in a box. Yeah. Not a big deal. You know, it's interesting. We had a woman apply. I don't know. This is a couple of years ago. And she, I think she was mid sixties and she had included her grade school transcripts. (laughs) And so it took me a little while to look at like, what am I looking at here? Yeah. I'm like, this is years ago. I hope that you as a person that have advanced, whether the grades are good or bad, I don't know if they're relevant right now. Yeah. Because I mean, 40 some years have passed since any of this happened. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. And I imagine from her point of view, she hasn't applied for a job in years. And maybe that was the thing that you did back then. Who knows? But it was, it, it was funny. It was funny to me. Well, I remember like in 2011, like when I, the first time I got fired, when I was in the car rental business, I, uh, I was looking for jobs, of course. And I remember some places like asking for like school stuff. And I was like, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah, it's, it's just, it's so useless. Mm-hmm. It's a weird thing. Cause I don't even know how I'd find my transcripts now, but it's just one of those things. Like I would expect, I mean, maybe, you know, you know, this more than I do. Cause you're in the hiring industry. Um, are they just looking for a way to weed through the thousands of applicants that they have? And that's just lowest hanging fruit or easy because it's objective. So Honestly, not- I think some of it is just like the old school mentality. All right. Right. There's like, they go through and like, well, that's what everyone thinks that you're supposed to do. Oh, I don't, I don't do that. doesn't right. matter what role it is that I'm, I'm going for. I'll verify employment, mm-hmm. but I don't waste my time doing like an education check or a reference check because references can also be made up quite easily. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I could get you just like, Hey James, can you uh, just, you know, say this, this, and this, if someone calls references are useless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting you say that because I was always hoping that someone would make a website where you could give employees reviews. Oh, businesses have their reviews, the five stars, four stars, whatever products have it. Yes. Right. And we're trusting those stars, right? We don't know anyone. Maybe it's bots that are putting these reviews out. We don't know. Yeah. But employees were just like, tell me about you. And based off that, I'll hire you. But if I had a review, I'm just like, you know, you got three stars from your last employer. Yeah. And they put a little something or other. Maybe I'm hoping uh, work ethic oh. maybe bump up. Yeah. Imagine how that would work. eh? But yeah, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure that would be shot down by a lot of people. But oh, totally. The, like the closest employee. equivalent I can think of that would be like a LinkedIn in terms of like recommendations. But oh. like it's only positive stuff that you would really have on there. It's not right. like someone's going to be like, this is a terrible employee. I'm going to give them a <laughs> one out of five. Like if I'm, if I'm my own LinkedIn profile, I'm like, let's get that deleted off right away. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. 
It's a crazy world, Chris. Yes. So, Chris, uh, we got to wrap it up here. Where can people find you? So they can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok. Chris Hanna Show is the username. It's the same name as my podcast that also I have. Uh, and then you can also visit Hire For Me. That's, then again, the number four in the middle there, .ca, to learn more about the hiring business or chrishanna.ca, which talks about all the different other businesses that I have. All right. Very cool. And tell me about your podcast really quick. Yeah. So my podcast initially started as a one man kind of show. I was talking about how to like improve your productivity and performance, but then I changed it this year to actually go and interview other entrepreneurs to share their story, the lessons learned, sometimes the hard way, uh, and then really start to dive into, you know, how have they kind of gone on this journey and what is that journey truly all about? It's very similar to the conversation that we're having here today. Nice. They're fun, aren't they? Oh, it's such a blast. And I learned something from every guest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Somebody asked me, uh, what do I gain from doing the podcast? And I'm like, there is so much knowledge out there because everyone has made some mistakes. And a lot of them made the same mistakes that I made. But there are many that made mistakes that I didn't even know could be made. And in the end, it's a fun story. Yeah. Total blast. So it's, yeah, it's just interesting. Super cool. And you get to share it with the world. So the world can learn about. Well, uh, and I think more people need to share their message with the world too. Mm-hmm. Every entrepreneur has got a story. They've got a message to share. And I think whether, you know, my show, your show, everyone's show, like more people need to get on podcasts and share. Yeah. It's fun. There's a lot of, lot of knowledge to be, to be shared. It's interesting you say that because I met, um, I was at a coffee shop meeting someone else. I ran into someone I know. She's got a business. And I'm like, hey, I should get you on the show. And she's like, eh, I don't really talk in, like talking about what I do. And I'm uh, and so I dug a little bit and I learned a little bit more about her story and all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, that's perfect. But she's still, there's a little bit of shyness there. Yeah. So it was interesting. So eventually I'll get her on the show, but people overcomplicate it, overthink it though. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do they ever, Yeah. do they ever Chris, I appreciate you being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. It was a fun conversation. Yeah, anytime here. This has been Authentic Business Adventures, the business program that brings you the struggles, stories, and triumphant successes of business owners across the land. We are locally underwritten by the Bank of Sun Prairie. If you're listening to this on the web, if you could do us a huge favor, big old thumbs up, subscribe, and of course, arguably most importantly, comment and let us know. Tell us about some of the hiring challenges that you've had with your business or even as an employee. Because uh, I guess you got to have employees in order to be hired, right? My name is James Kidman, and Authentic Business Adventures is brought to you by Calls on Call, offering call answering and receptionist services for service businesses across the country on the web at callsoncall.com, as well as the Bold Business Book, a book for the entrepreneur and all of us, available wherever fine books are sold. We'd like to thank you, our wonderful, I'm sorry, wonderful listeners, as well as our guest, Chris Hanna, the owner of Hire For Me. That's for number four. Chris, can you tell us that website one more time? Yeah, hireforme.ca. Perfect. Past episodes can be found morning, noon, and night. The podcast link found at drawincustomers.com. Thank you for listening. I will see you next week. I want you to stay awesome. And if you do nothing else, enjoy your business.